NC State started off last week hot and finished the week even hotter. A grand total of three massive commits. We're going to break down the last two on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. up Wolfpack Nation welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business that's why LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college Terms and conditions apply. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs. And Kenton, we got a happy Monday episode to bring to y'all. Looking forward to many more of these once the football season starts off. But big time week for NC State football. Still here uh, in the first week of August. We had fall camp get underway. And most importantly, we had three massive commitments for the 2024 class. Talked a bit about the commitment of Robbie Martin. Uh, last Monday, it was a week ago on Monday, number one player out of the state of West Virginia, big time offensive tackle. That's going to be an imp- implemental piece uh, to this offensive line. But to cap off last week, we got him. We got Jonathan Paler, a highly coveted recruit that we've been after uh, fiercely for the last two years. Uh, Four star athlete because he plays both running back and wide receiver number two uh, athlete in the state of North Carolina, uh, coming out of Burlington. We've wanted him so bad. He's been on the top of the priority list. Dave Dorn and Joker Phillips, they got it done. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, I think the very interesting thing about Paler is you look at, you talk about who you compare him to, and everybody says Naheem Hines. I don't think people fully understand the similarities between himself and Naheem, right? You're talking about guys with exceptional straight line speed, but not only the straight line speed, also the ability to, uh, as you call it, the the make you miss in them, the wiggle in them, the ability to, to, you know, it's them, a defender, open field. You've got your money on them every time because that's the type of dynamic playmaker he is with the ball. And then the second part of it, we all know about the speed. Speed kills. Speed. Let me tell you something. There's... Guys who are like, obviously, on the FBS level, you want fast guys. But there's different levels of speed, right? There's like, oh, he's lacking a little bit, but he can make up for it. There's, uh, He's adequate. You know, he's not going to particularly stand out and be this guy that when he gets the ball in his hands, that burst is crazy. But then you've got that next level of speed where it's like, oh, he can, he can fly. He can go, you know. And then there's the final level. If he's even, he's leaving. That means that if he ever, if you and him, are ever at the same point in time, same point on the field. There's no angle you can take. He's gone. Packing the mail, he's gone. Katie Did's at the doorstep, strike up the band. It's time. And Paler has that type of speed. So much so, he also wants to run track at NC State, which you know who else did that? 
Naheem I mean, Hines. Naheem Hines. It's, it's a real simple equation here, folks. This is a young man who, again, he has that ability to absolutely fly. Absolutely fly. And the game is different now than what it was when Naheem was here. So I don't think that he'll be used in the traditional running back uh, type of role that Naheem was used in. But I think he will be used very similarly in the just get him the ball in space. Just figure out how to get the ball in his hands in space and you'll be just fine. Yeah, it's it's funny. He, he's he been drawing so many comparisons to Naheem Hines, you know, just on the football field. I don't think we realized how close the comparison might actually be, uh, of course. Then we realized that he will be running track here at State. So it's like, okay, maybe we have just Naheem Hines part two here. Uh, you know, it's it just feels like the ceiling for Paler is unlimited. And the amount of speed and the playmaking ability that he possesses is just, if you're Robert and I, you have to be absolutely salivating um, with the addition here. Because the the number one thing that Robert and I is known to do in his offensive schemes is getting his playmakers into open space with the ball. And this yeah. is exactly who you want to be doing that uh, here in these next couple of years. So it's, yeah, we, we can't overstate it. We've been talking about Paler on here for weeks. He was so heavily sought after all the resources, you know, we put forth and getting after this guy and Paler, you know, he's talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the, in the end, the Dave Dorn showing up time and time and time again to let him know how important he is to this, this football team, this class of 2024. And, you know, Paler, I think it was with pack pride. He had, um, you know, a Q and a, but he just, he kept harping on how, how good it was to have NC state constantly knocking on his door, check on him, letting him know how important he is and how, how badly we need him, uh, in this 2024 class. But, you know, something I noticed amongst a couple other funny things, uh, in his commitment on Friday is the way that his head coach spoke about him, um, before he took, before Paler took the mic and announced where he was going, but his head coach was just preaching about how coachable he is, how selfless he is, how he'll do anything for his teammates. You know, you set aside all the athleticism for just a second. He's just such a good guy that you want in your locker room to influence the rest of your team in a multitude of levels. And so, yeah, you know, in addition to the talent he has, it just sounds like we're bringing in one heck of a guy uh, to influence the locker room. And that goes a long way too. Um, but yeah, to tie this all back up, he's one heck of a football player too. And we've, we've talked about, you know, the possibility of a Terrell Anderson might commit here at the end of this week. He's a guy that people are going to want to play with. He's going to draw in additional talent. And so it's just a massive landmark addition here for NC state in the 2024 class. And these funny things I was mentioning in his commitment here, first of all, I'll show you the video um of his commitment let me bring this up hello it took him a hot second to announce where he was going it kind of added to the tension here yeah nc state university jonathan but if you look real closely on that table here (laughs) you might see a, a hat it looks a bit like this. I saw this picture on Twitter 
And if you just took a quick look here at this lineup, there was no way he was going anywhere other than NC State. And by that, I mean, look at this hat from South Carolina. (laughs) This is one of the most, this is the craziest hat I've ever seen on a commitment day. I I very seriously want to know, like, where did they get that hat from? (laughs) Like, where? I know you didn't get that from their bookstore. I know that 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 wasn't like, what what happened? What happened? And listen. By the way, I know a lot of South Carolina fans are talking about, oh, he wasn't good enough to play here anyway, and we didn't really want him that bad. Tweet through it, baby. Tweet yeah. through it. Go on and tweet through it. I, I can I but, can taste the salt from here. But but that hat, unhinged behavior. All the other three hats, they look fine. They look fine. All the other three hats look perfectly fine. The Maryland hat, that's one of the best ways you can represent Maryland because most of their other designs, god-awful. The Penn State hat, hey, I like it. It's classic, straight to the point, Penn State. Dark blue hat, dark blue lettering, Penn State. The UNC hat, it's UNC, whatever. But that South Carolina hat was just, (laughs) yeesh. For those of you who can't see it but are only hearing this, the hat is a black trucker hat with three white lines and then a fourth line that is red with it's a it's a line all four of the lines are going all the way across the front of the hat until it turns into mesh because again it's a trucker hat on the back and then the word Gamecocks on the left hand upper left hand side right above the the red line just a hideous hat I mean even Stevie Wonder could see that that hat ain't it that's just yeesh it, it, picture this you're you're at let's say south carolina let's say you're at myrtle beach and you're walking on the boardwalk and you see all of those shops that are selling you know the the cringy tourist myrtle beach shirts in one of those stores you might find this south carolina hat <laughs> it is not representative of the school whatsoever that i mean that's how embarrassing that hat was i, but, I yeah. would hope i would hope they go drop a statement that hat is not representative of our school not no. representative of our school at all. But you know. yeah, the moment I saw that lineup, I was already coming into this commitment feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, all the momentum it sounded like we had built over the last couple of weeks for Jonathan Paler. I saw this picture and I was like, okay, it's gonna be yeah. NC State. I feel I feel okay now. So yeah, I mean, just to tie this up, you can't overstate what a massive addition this is, not to just the 2024 class, but to NC State football as a whole. He's projected to be one heck of a football player and we certainly hope so uh and it feels like we're going to be putting him into quite a dangerous offensive system uh in which that he will be able to shine we're going to kick it to our sponsors for today that is linkedin these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. They use simple uh, simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading, to com- leading competitors. So what you need to do is jump over to linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. 
All right, Kenton, and of course, we also need to touch on our second big commitment on Friday. That was Joshua Alexander Felton, big-time mm. defensive lineman from the state of Florida. And I, I kind of felt for Joshua as, you know, maybe his commitment kind of flew under the radar because of the magnitude of Jonathan Paylor's. Uh, com- I believe they both committed within like 20 or 30 minutes of each other. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of euphoria for NC State football fans on a Friday evening. But this one's important too because, again, we talk a lot about getting it done in the trenches. And this is another guy, you get him into this system that is proven to produce NFL talent with Coach Wiles, proven to produce NFL bodies with Coach Thunder. And you bring in a guy, 6'4", 255, hello. It, it, it sounds like another one where the ceiling is just, you can't even fathom where it might be because of the potential here. And so I want to talk about something that is very important with this young man. He is a a guy that, objectively speaking, he was built to play in this 335. He plays in a very similar system at his high school. He plays all across the board. If you watch his highlight tape from his junior year, the first play is a snap with him at nose guard. This is a young man with an extreme amount of versatility. He can play a head-up zero technique, which is employed in the 335. He can play on the edge, which we see employed often in the 335. If you if you think back to Aleem McNeil and, and Corey Durden and the way that those two were used, right, you could see how a guy like this could be used. He has the length. He has the long arms. He has the ability to muck up things in the running game. He has a little bit of pass rush juice to him. I'd like to see him develop some moves and hand movement a little bit better. But this is a a stellar young man. This is a young man that he can play multiple positions. Like I said, offensively, he plays some skill positions. So that tells you about the type of athleticism that he has. But I don't want Paler to overshadow this young man because there is so much, so it's very rare in playing the three, three, five that you see a young man who plays the exact style of defense coming in. And as far as defensive lineman, and he's that he's that. So, you know, this is, this is a big time commitment for the pack. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the, the, the big win in, in recruiting here for coach Wiles, but Tony Gibson, again, he's got to be licking his chops for to, to get a, a massive guy here who's already comfortable in a similar defensive system here. You, you add that into a defense that has been so, so tough to, to crack the code on here these last couple of years. Yeah. It sounds like just another piece of the puzzle uh, that Tony Gibson has been building here. And Alexander Felton, he was another guy. He had a, a Q and a with pack pride um, after the conclusion of his commitment. And I noticed a couple things. Basically he was saying he didn't know for sure that he would commit to NC State until after the Alpha Wolf. So that kind of speaks on how how crucial an event like that is. And same thing that went for Paler. He he even bumped his commitment date back so he could attend the Alpha Wolf. And that could have been um, you know, the 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 final straw for him as well. But he he also talked about the the relationship that he developed with Coach Wiles and the the connection was just there and he knew that this had to be the place. And we recruited him hard, but he just felt like the the consistency from the coaching. That's the, that's kind of the uh, the recurring theme I'm seeing in both Paler and Alexander Felton. It's the consistency 
that really drew them in and, and, and made them feel like this had to be the place uh, for them. So big wins across the board. But yeah, like you said, Kenton, this one, Alexander Felton, he should not be overshadowed by any means because he's going to be another massive piece to this Wolfpack defense. I always joke about you could put out 11 uh, sentient Roombas with, with Coach Gibson and he'll figure it out. Well, when you got the Larrys and Joes like like Joshua Alexander Felton coming in, you're looking at a situation where it could be something special. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. This is again, this is a young man. His frame could easily, easily, and I'm not joking when I say this, easily afford 30 more pounds with, while keeping the movement ability. So that puts you at 6'3 to 6'4, 285 pounds, wreaking havoc all up and down the line. All up and down the line. At 285, you're heavy enough to play on the inside and, and mix it up in there. You're you're also big enough to play on the edge and do what you need to do out there. Or if we see a growth like Aleem McNeil, I believe he came in and he stayed at about 270, 260 or so, and then blew up to 310, 315 by the time he left. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at 40 pounds of growth here, which you get really crazy with that, but you're looking at 295 at that point. 6'4", 295, where can't you play him? Where can't you play a guy like that who has, you know, again, hand movement, and I would like to see more explosion out of his first step. But other than that, I have seen a ton of good things from this young man. I've seen him play with very good pad level. I have seen him play in a a way that is very instinctive. It just feels – sometimes you can tell a guy hadn't been playing the game long where you look at him and you say – he. Why why couldn't he feel that trap coming? It, it was obvious by a mile away. You don't really have too many of those problems with him. So a guy like this, he has the feel for football. He has the, the length and all that good stuff. Coach him up on the technique and watch him flourish. Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're looking to get back to kind of developing more of these defensive linemen because we, it seems like, you know, we had a, we had a minute there with the Bradley Chubbs and the Larell Murchison's and, Justin Jones, BJ Hill. BJ Hill. The, the list is crazy because they all it's seemingly like the entire defensive line went to the NFL. That James Smith Williams. It was oh, yeah. it was a it was just a you know it was a rotating door. Oh, you played defensive line at NC State. Yep, go ahead and grab the draft hat, brother. That that reputation it made it to the NFL. I mean, we had we had Bill Belichick here looking at Bradley Chubb. So mm-hmm. we could be looking at another guy here. You get him into the system. He could be the next. You know, we got we got a Davin Van this year. We're we're looking at him to make a massive name for himself. I think we're going to see a, a a resurgence here of Savion Jackson. Lineman. Yeah, Savion Jackson, Jackson. Another guy that, you get that's him really back good. healthy. He's going to be a massive piece to this defense. And they say that it takes eighteen months to fully recover from an ACL tear. Guess who's hitting year two off theirs? Big old C.J. Clark down there. Boom. So you know you're you could be seeing something special cooking up with this defensive line. And to add a guy like Joshua Alexander Felton to uh, learn from these guys who will still, some of them will still be here uh, next year. But regardless of who's here and who's not, you're still going to have a great situation in terms of trusting Coach Wiles, trusting Coach Gibson, and trusting these young men's work ethic to, you know, want to do what they have to do to get better and become NFL ready players. Certainly feels like a perfect match. So looking forward to the development of these two guys. Of course, I, Mentioned briefly that Terrell Anderson will be committing this coming Saturday. I believe that is August 12th. You might have to fact check me on there as my troubles with the calendar if, last If week. the 4th was a Friday, the 12th <laughs> has to be a Saturday because the 11th right. is a Friday. We got you. We got you, Grayson. You're right this time. More, uh, more insight to come on Terrell Anderson, I'm sure. But 
looking forward to another week of practice here as we draw closer to that kickoff date. But coming up, we're going to be talking a little bit about some conference realignment. I think uh, NC State's been kind of lying in the weeds here as we're listening to Florida State yap all about it. But in just a second, we're going to talk about the potential implications for NC State during all this mess. All right. So Kenton, of course, mentioned it briefly with Florida State. You know, they are, I, I don't know what they're doing, or at least what they think they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem hell-bent on getting out of the ACC. They think they are going to be big and bad enough to break through the grant of rights. Again, we'll see about that. Um, but, you know, you you look maybe to the other side of the country this past weekend, and you watch the Pac-12 essentially fold. There's only four survivors left over there. And it's sad to see it go like this. It really is, because you feel like now maybe the glory days of college football a small window could be closing here. You know, gone are going to be the power fives because we might be downgrading now to maybe a power four, which feels weird to say. But I think, okay, maybe it won't be next year. Maybe it won't be the year after. It feels inevitable that something is going to come into play here for the ACC. And so the 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 importance here is NC State whether they want to think about it or not, they're going to have to come up with a a, a landing place at some point. I mean this very genuinely, and I, I don't mean to disrespect anybody. There are – actually, I take that back. There is some disrespect that needs to be handed out. Belt needs to go to behind. Congratulations. Meet me, Mr. Belt. Mr. Leather Belt. You know the big belt that when your parents say go pick a belt, if you pick the small one, they were going to come out with this one. <laughs> Here's my problem with realignment talk as far as, far as the ACC goes. So I've heard from Florida State fans that the grant of rights isn't a problem. I've heard from the Florida State Board of Trustees that the money isn't a problem. Now, we'll see. Grayson, I just want to know this. I want to know this, okay? What is keeping Florida State if not the grant of rights or the money? That is the $100 million question, literally, because – they're talking that talk, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of action. So, so if we're looking at this from a, a legitimate logistical standpoint, because you do logistics in your day-to-day, so so maybe you can help me out here, okay? If they said that two things were roadblocked to your delivery and you had figured out, oh, this is, this is how to solve for those two things, would the delivery not get done? You'd have to find another route. Okay. So I'm confused as to why we're doing this, but... I'll play along. It's something to talk about. It's that time of the year where it's not a ton of sports. Sure. Let's just pretend that Florida State has more money than Texas, than Oklahoma, than USC, than UCLA. And they just know something that all of those schools didn't because all those schools had to wait till their media deals were up or at least one year away from being up. And even then they had to make some payouts for those schools who left a year early. But we're going to pretend that Florida State can leave 10 years early. And, you know, they're, they're better than everybody else. So their 10-year early exit doesn't really hurt or harm. Okay, where was in, where would NC State go in that regard? I still don't think NC State would have to leave or go anywhere else. Because even if Florida State leaves, okay, great. Florida State left. Now what? Oh, well, the domino means that Clemson go, leaves next. Okay, great. Florida State and Clemson leave. What other teams in the ACC have a direct line and path to say, I know if I leave and go to this conference, they're going to pay me well above this or that this conference even wants me. 
Because one thing that everybody has to consider, the the monies that are coming in is not coming in through pixie dust and love. It's based upon what are you bringing into the pie? If you're not bringing up the average fan viewership of the Big Ten, of the SEC, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. In Big Ten country, I, I can't explain it. I don't know why the Midwest loves football the way they do, but it's beautiful, it's magical, it's special. SEC country, it makes sense. None of them have professional teams. So, like, it makes a ton of sense. Who's your professional team in Mississippi? Who's your professional team in Arkansas? Who's your professional team in Alabama? Who's your professional team in a ton of these places? You don't have one. It's it's probably the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, well, God. oh, I'm sorry for any Cowboys. I'm sorry. The Cowboys are they're a great team. Great team to root for. But anyway, uh, the reality is very simple. The reality is very simple, okay? If you cannot bring up the average viewership of the SEC, what's the SEC's motivation to get you? Help me out. Ain't much. If you Ain't can't much. bring up the average viewership of the Big Ten, what's their motivation to get you? So, with that being said, a majority of these teams would be behooved to sit tight, stay safe and sound. Me Even personally, I would, I would like to see the ACC survive this. I would like to see NC State stay in the ACC as well, because I mean, I'm just, I'm just a college football like tradition guy. And I don't want to see the ACC fold because I do kind of feel bad for all these Pac-12 fans. You know, their their in-state rivalries and their their traditions are literally just up in smoke in just a matter of days. Went from a Pac-12 to a four-pack. It's yeah, to a four-pack. That's right. And you know, I've seen a lot of chatter about, I guess, maybe the non-revenue sports saying, "Well, like, well, what about us?" Because now our life just got exponentially harder and i think there's a lot of conversation to be had there uh as well i mean there's it's no secret that football and maybe a little bit of basketball is driving this in the addition of purely just money and it's uh, yeah it's it's sad it it really is sad from i guess the the perspective of a college athlete but for nc state you know i've seen a lot of chatter about the sec or the big 12 or you know this that and the other would we would we part ways and go separate routes than UNC? I don't know. I, I I would personally, I would like to stay in the same conference regardless what happens with UNC just because of that, the rivalry, the tradition, the, the proximity. It's just that, like, those sorts of things, that is what makes college sports special. And we don't need college football to become NFL junior. We just, we got the NFL for that. I don't, I don't want to see college football turn into that. And unfortunately that's the, that's the way it's starting to look, but it's, it's, I don't even know. It, it's well, just, you, you talk about the non-revenue generating sports. Let's look at the one that we covered the most on this show. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball. You're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So you're missing it. Let's say that you're looking at, you know, going to a conference that's, that's, you know, way out or, you're playing a team that's that's way out there, whatever the case may be. NC State goes to the Big Ten, and we got a weekend series against USC, right? Okay, so you, you're leaving from NC State. You're leaving from Raleigh and then flying over to um, flying over to Southern California. And mind you, you better hope that the basketball team has a home game so you could use the private jet that week because if not, you're flying commercial over there, brother. You're flying commercial on Probably over to Probably flying California. commercial anyway. That 
So chances are you're flying commercial regardless, but I was just given the benefit of the doubt yeah. saying that the administrators are being kind because they're like, hey, listen, that's a long trip. So you're flying commercial over there and you fly commercial on probably Thursday, right? You're probably Likely flying like on Thursday, Thursday evening. Yeah. Thursday evening, you're flying over there. So any Thursday night classes that you have, go ahead and ask those. Um, and then you're, of course, missing the Friday classes because you're in Pasadena. You can't do those, uh, you know, it, it, from from there. And so then we look at after the Sunday game, Lord forbid, if anything happens, you know, they say it never rains in Southern California. It better not, because if there's any delays, then what? Then now you're moving a commercial flight for how many guys does a baseball team carry? 20? Probably probably like 40-ish. 40? 40? Wow. That number is much larger than I thought. I'm sorry for being so wrong there. But anyway, so now you're moving around commercial flights for 40 guys to get back across the country. Oh, and by the way, they've probably got Monday classes. So probably early 8 a.m. Monday classes. And that's and that's that's what we're looking at here. All for the sake of chasing the dollar and for football. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I understand that nobody ever wants to make less money. But like very seriously, we need to have a conversation about what is all this for? What is all this for? What is, if if you're if a player doesn't want to come to your school because you don't have a lazy river and a barber shop at your school, maybe that player isn't for you. Yeah, I would uh, kind of similar to what we've been saying here. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to look at what Deion Sanders has said and what uh, Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of Missouri, who was here in Raleigh. They both kind of said the same thing. It's like you know this is about the kids and you're putting these kids in these positions. And, you know, I guess the adults in the room can just do whatever they want. How's that? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's wild. And, you know, NC state, whether we like it or not, we're going to be probably pushed into this mix at some point, oh, uh, hopefully later than sooner. We'll, we'll but, just hope that by that time, you know, you're, you, you're almost bald with me and uh, we've got, we've got, uh, you know, like 10,000 followers on this show, hopefully by that time but yeah i mean i me personally i would like to see the acc hold hold the line here uh with nc state as a part of it i agree i think the two super conferences is it's nonsensical it's it's really nonsensical um you know and at the end of the day it's it really to me it any rule that you would make about player health and safety would ring hollow uh, because of what you're doing to these athletes. And again, football ain't the only sport. Football is not the only sport. Basketball is not the only sport. These sports where teams have to leave, play one day, and then go come back, that's not the setup for everybody. Yeah. It's just not. It's just no, not. Yeah. Guaranteed that you're going on weekends. It's not the case. Last time I checked, doesn't gymnastics go in like the middle of the week sometimes? I believe they do, yeah. So imagine, like, hypothetically in the Big Ten, NC State has a has a match with UCLA, or or let's say the SEC gets one of those West Coast teams, yep. and now all of a sudden you've got a, a meet out there. You've got a track meet out there. There's going to be multiple days, which most track meets are. And granted, most track meets fall on the weekend, but Lord forbid if one of them doesn't, then what? You know, it's it's just it's it's all kind of silly to me and it's all in it's in the pursuit of like oh we need more millions of dollars to build even bigger facilities baby <laughs> there's there's a ceiling of this thing to where you've done everything you can for player health player recovery and all that good stuff to where chasing this dollar then hurts that 
So where you get the extra money for the recovery equipment, sure, that's great and all, but you're putting players in worse situations to be there to where you're negating the effects of the recovery equipment. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the conversations go on for days on this, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll speak on this, but this is going to do it for us here on Monday. Of course, it's a happy Monday, big-time commitments to NC State. We're inching another week to that closer uh, closer kickoff date. I think we're now 24 days away, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. We're getting close. We're getting so close, and I, I cannot wait. But, you know, we, we mentioned, Kent, you mentioned the, the followers real quick. We hit 450 subscribers here over the weekend. Thank you all so very much. It's uh, We're getting, we're, we're, we're rocketing on up to uh, 500. Hopefully we can maybe achieve that before kickoff here in 24 days. That'd be a pretty good uh, milestone to hit. But as always, oh. thank you all so much for your support. Go ahead. I'll tell you this. If we hit uh, a thousand subscribers before this season hits, just know we're breaking out the ice cream. We're breaking out the howling cow on this show. We're breaking it out. All right. So a thousand us, before kickoff, get us to a thousand and we're breaking out some howling cow. Get Ooh, us to a thousand. That's an aggressive number, but you know what? We're being aggressive. We're being aggressive. We're being aggressive. We broke well, out the ice cream the before on this show. So you heard the man tell a friend to tell a friend to then tell their friends. Mash that subscribe button, toss us a like, toss us some comments in there. Tell us how you feel about these big time commitments and uh, the the looming topic of conference realignment. Maybe you love it. Maybe you hate it. Let us know either way. As always, thank you all so much. Go Pack. Go Pack.